Hey, preview review listeners. Ryan here with a very important announcement. Wait, I'm uh, Tyler's here too. Oh yes, Tyler. This is serious. Okay. Oh, sorry. So the episode you're about to listen to was recorded about a week and a half before we recorded this part on March eighth. And then the week after that, everything changed. Coronavirus is no joke, people. All the theaters have shut down and no movies are coming out ever again. They even suspended our A-list memberships at AMC. I know. I can't go see Trolls World Tour now unless I watch it on VOD. Don't worry. Yeah, it's coming out digitally. We'll be fine. Um, I'm not paying $20 for that. But yeah, all of the dates and stuff um, in this episode are wrong. And But the content isn't necessarily, unless they change the movie while like they're sitting at home in quarantine, which they might just do out of boredom at this point. I don't know. Who knows? But anyway, enjoy a peek into the past of the world before Corona. I hope our joy making this podcast is related to your joy listening to it. On a personal note, Ryan and I are doing fine. I don't know. Things are weird right now. Our episodes are going to be a little different because we don't have as much content anymore, but we'll figure it out, and they'll probably come out even less frequently than they already do, but that's just because we're practicing social distancing. Yeah, we're trying to keep ourselves safe and healthy, and we hope that you and your family are doing the same. All right, on with the show. to start that early Ryan, Ryan's jumping the gun <laughs> you wanted me to be silent for a little longer yes yeah, so I have time well so, I'm here I'm Ryan too and you're ready to preview around the world or whatever you just fucking said <laughs> Yes. Something Hi. Welcome to Preview Review. I'm Ryan Toon. I'm here as always with Tyler Ellison. That's me. This is the movie trailer podcast. The Each only one. We the talk about only movie podcast. Okay, honestly, because we did do our, our our research before we started this podcast, there are other podcasts that have talked about movie trailers in the past, and some, the entire podcast ever has been dedicated to trailers, but not a lot of them are like still around and actively putting out episodes. So I think, like, I'm hedging my bets, but I... I think we might be the only movie well, trailer podcast that's like pretty consistent. We don't put out an episode every week because we're busy doing other things. Well, this doesn't make us we make any no money. money. <laughs> um, but this is the best movie trailer podcast. Definitely. It's definitely the best one that you, listener, have ever heard. Unless you've heard some of the other ones and have other thoughts. But if you do, no. don't tell us. Be like the viewers from last episode and don't send in any fan art. <laughs> We didn't yeah, get any no fan art. art. Where's the fan art, Ryan? <laughs> I was sad. I have an empty space on the wall in our recording studio, aka my living room. I see it. To hang the fan art that is non-existent as of yet. It doesn't have to be good. I just want somebody to try to draw me talking into a microphone with Ryan by my side. Is that too much to ask? I guess so, because no one Apparently, fucking did it. Anyways, on this episode and every episode, we like to talk about the trailers for upcoming films and what we think about them, what our hopes and anticipations are, what our concerns and worries might be. What our Swanitos are. <laughs> Swanito, that means a little dream. But what does it really mean? Like, where's the story? <laughs> <laughs> on today's episode, we're going to be talking about upcoming movies, Mulan, 
2021. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A Quiet Place Part 2. Oh, I saw the first one. The Lovebirds. That one's not a sequel. And The New Mutants. That's a sequel to The Old Mutants. But before we jump into that, Ryan, you have recently seen movies that we previously preview-reviewed on this podcast. Previously preview-reviewed. Ooh, double P. Previously preview... PPR. PPPR. PPPR? Yeah. Why is there two previously preview reviewed? Isn't it just PPR? You have pleasantly previously preview reviewed. Oh, PPPR. And now you've seen them in theaters. PPR. So tell us what you see, what you think. It's time for Ryan's review roundup. Oh, the triple R. Yes, we're all about the alliteration here. Yes, we were doing PPPPR, but now it's just er. Anyway, um, what have I seen? What have I watched? What did I do? I saw The Invisible Man. Mm-hmm. That was a good adaptation of the Queen song. Um, and Onward, which is uh, another movie. I couldn't, I don't have a joke for that one. <laughs> but The Invisible Man was really good. It kept me guessing the whole time through and thinking, I'm happy if this is fake. Like it's all in her head and she's going crazy, but I'm also happy if it's real. So I liked that I could go back and forth until it was finally revealed which way it was. And I was happy the way it turned out. I liked it. I was just like, I had suspense the whole time and I thought it was really well done. Onward, I went into thinking, eh, this looks kind of cute, but I'll see it because mainly it's Pixar, but I don't have any real, like, big hopes for this one, but I came out really liking it and really enjoying the story with the two brothers and the journey they go on, and I think it's another, like, grade-A film in Pixar's portfolio. Hmm. But Ryan did tell me when he left the theater... That he laughed more during the Maggie Simpson short that played before. Ooh, the Maggie Simpson short was so good, but we didn't preview we didn't review Maggie review Simpson the tra- short. They should release trailers for shorts. It's like they five not. seconds. The tra- five no. seconds. I don't. Agree. It's like a gif. Okay, I think you can release a poster, but that's it. Mm. It was cute. Maggie falls in love. She's a baby. I know that's why it's funny. Sounds questionable. It's a good one. It was cool also because there's no dialogue in the whole short. Wow. Which is just her sucking on a pacifier. Yes. That's it. Wow. No, there's more sounds than that. No, but. that's only sound. <laughs> Speaking of no sound, wait, Quiet Place isn't our first isn't our first movie. That's not It's a also good not segue. our opening question. Oh, okay. which is what we, we usually use do the before. opening question to segue into the first movie got it yeah okay. we planned this so out the opening Tyler. question because we are talking about mulan today the 2020 live action remake of the animated disney classic well it's also they're both adaptations of the chinese folklore myth. yes well it doesn't it's not necessarily a myth what's the difference between a myth and a folklore i think it's like a legend because i feel a like legend? it has more like it might be more rooted in history myth is like verifiably false I feel like okay. Mulan's more of like there's a witch over in time. this new movie. Oh yes, but like I feel like it's definitely possible. Like it happened in the you US think too. That witches no, were that real? a girl dressed up as a man to go fight because women were not on the armed forces. I think that's totally reasonable. Yeah, but all great stories are based in some truth, Tyler. Okay, most of the Greek myths are like total bullshit. All Greek people believed in those, like they were real. Did they? I don't know. Knows. That was their religion, Tyler. We can't bash Go religions back and on ask this podcast. The Greeks, and we're not even talking about Hercules today. Ooh, that would also be a good live action remake. I like Hercules. Would they still keep him a ginger in the Dana movie? Us. As Phil and Tides? He's the same. But wait, is Hercules still a ginger? I don't know. 
I don't know. I think... Does he have to look more Greek? Ooh, that's a good question, because Hercules is very white. Yeah. Well, there's, are like, there, no red-headed people Are in there Greece. ginger Greeks? I didn't see a single oh, one. You've been to Greece? Yeah. What? I didn't know this. Yeah, when we went around, around the Mediterranean. Who's we? My family. When did you go to the Mediterranean? In high school. Oh, before I knew you, it doesn't matter. Oh. <laughs> but wait, if we made a live-action Hercules movie, would it be more important to represent the people of Greece or to represent... The underserved population underserved of, popu- redheads. of redheads? I mean, the Grecian, the Grecian people, the Greek people, they have... They like, have a lot. They have... Uh, what's My big fat Greek wedding one and two. two. And two Mamma Mia's. Yes, that's true. Are there Greek people in those movies or are they all white people? No, the like the chorus, like the ensemble. Are Greek people white people? I'm showing my ignorance They here. kind of are, but they're like Mediterranean. like. But that's different. Know, they're like all, the olive skin and like, mm-hmm. you know, they're, um, they're like the Latinos of Europe. But wait, Latinos aren't white, Tyler. But Europeans are white. I don't, know. I don't understand what you were saying. <laughs> anyway, um, oh, this leads perfectly into our next question. What movie musical couldn't survive without the songs? Because, because you know Mulan is being made without songs this yes, time. Yes, the new Mulan's not going to have any songs. No, Donnie uh, Wahlberg? What's his name? Don- Donnie Wait, Yen? Donnie, no, no, no. Who sings? Donnie Osmond. Donnie Osmond. Donnie Osmond's not being replaced for Donnie Yen. <laughs> no, but Donnie Yen is in the new movie. But kind of. <laughs> Donnie Yen's playing... No, like, he's not. It's a different character. He's playing the commander of the army, right? And that's <laughs> think, who Donnie Osmond... I think it's a different character. Because well, I don't think no, there's a not, romance in this yeah, film Yeah, they're not... Well, all the names are different. She's not, Even her Mulan's surname. She's Wa Mulan, not Fa Mulan. What? So, like, all the names are different in this movie. Why? I don't, I don't know. Maybe they're trying to make it more, like, historically accurate or, like... But why even change it in the first place, then? Wa and Fa are so similar. I don't know. Why even do it? Maybe they're trying to separate it. Maybe this is like, it's revealed at the end that Mulan, like the other Mulan's also canon in this history. Oh. There's two different Mulans. Because she's fighting. Okay, we're getting too much into Mulan talk. We need to do our opening question. Yes. What movie musical couldn't survive without the songs? I have the perfect answer, Ryan. My answer is going to be the one that the audience hears first, though, because you've teased that you have the perfect answer. And that'll keep them listening. Okay. It's the perfect way to market our podcast. Okay. If you've listened this Okay, far, then answer the question. Well, now I want them to, like, hang on to every They word still have, like, 50 minutes left of this episode to go. Wow, you're predicting how long we're going to go already. I don't know. Who knows? It could end in, like, 17 Last minutes. week, we were totally bullshitting the whole time, and it ended up being our episode, like, longest episode ever. So who knows what's going to happen? I don't know. Did people like it? We didn't get any fan art. Who knows? <laughs> anyway, I say... Mamma Mia could not survive without the songs. Hmm. Think about it. The whole plot of that movie is built around ABBA songs. Well, the whole notion of a jukebox musical kind of falls apart. Exactly. Like, the plots aren't good if you take away the music. The plot of Mamma Mia is just, I don't know who my dad is, but I found out my mom slept with three people about 18 years ago. And by the end of it, spoilers for Mamma Mia, it's okay, it's 11 years old by now. Um... I don't find out who my dad is, but I have three new dads. And I don't marry my fiance. But my mom falls back in love with the man that once broke her heart. Yes. But does any of that sound interesting without ABBA? Hmm. No. Not really. But here's the thing. Here's my perfect answer. Is it Mamma Mia 2? 
Mamma Mia 2, here we go No again. way! Could not survive without the songs, because the plot of Mamma Mia, if they wanted for some weird reason to adapt this Broadway musical, like, with songs everybody knows, that's, like, why they even wrote the musical, and to just this, like, straightforward, like, comedy plot line about, like, a girl that doesn't know who her biological dad is and invites all three, like, potential dads to her wedding, that's just kind of, like, a fun, stupid comedy movie, and, like, it would be fine. But... If they did that one with the songs still, but then they made a sequel and the sequel had no songs in it, it would be terrible. You'd be like, what's the point? I fell in love with Mamma Mia for all the joys of ABBA, and you're going to give me a sequel that just talks about dead Meryl Streep and, like, flashbacks to her younger days, but she's not going to sing ever? Hmm, I'm thinking about it. Would it would be horrible. I'm definitely in the camp where I enjoy Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again more than Mamma Mia. No, so do I. But what I'm saying and is I'm like, thinking, if would, you took away the songs uh, from the first one, it'd be fine, whatever. Like, it'd it would be a, be a It wouldn't movie. get a sequel, though. Yes, but then if you still had the first one, but they still made a sequel to the first one and they did put music in that one, that would be like much, much worse. Interesting. Here's the question, the philosophical question we must ask ourselves, Tyler. Is a movie that's bad and doesn't get a sequel, like, which is worse, that or a movie that's just, like, okay and then makes a bad sequel? What universe is worse? Well, what, the question is, like, what wouldn't survive? That's and Mama true, Mia that's 1 true. could survive, like... I'm changing the whole song, question at like, this point. Whatever, like, okay... But Mamma Mia 2, if they were if they pitched this and said, except there's no music, so the studios, they would never even get to making it. They'd just Universal be like, what is the point like, of this? Why? <laughs> they're like, wow, we really can't afford all the royalties on these ABBA songs that they're not totally just giving us for that free because like, no one listens to us anymore. It sounds like, actually, the plot of like an unofficial sequel. Like, another studio is like, I'm going to make this movie, but I'm not going to use any of the same actors. And the way I'm going to get around that is it's going to be half flashback. But actually, since we can't use any of the same actors, it's all flashback, and we can't use the songs, and we can't reference the other plot, because we're an unofficial sequel, and we're not made by the same studio. That would be an interesting project, but I don't think it would be good. But if you took just, if you took exactly what Mom Me Here We Go Again is, and took out the songs, you'd be so confused, because you'd be like, why'd they get rid of Meryl Streep, who, like... Bless her they heart. They did that tries, in the second one anyway. Bless her heart tries to sing and does her best, but then they got Cher but didn't let her sing? What would be the point of that? That's an interesting question. Now I'm thinking about all the actors, they would stay the same. Hmm. Yeah. It's just a weird universe that you've created here, Tyler. In mine, it's just kind of like whatever, but yours, I'm just confused. And what's worse? being whatever or being confused i'd say better to be whatevered than to be confused i'm quoting shakespeare here are you yes you know how he says better to be whatever than to be confused no, I'm not. What, what, which play is that from or is it like is it a sonnet or something no um it's in his autobiography oh okay that he wrote in you know his late years okay where he revealed he didn't write any of his books <laughs> he's a fucking phony <laughs> And that's why this one doesn't sound as beautiful as in the other. <laughs> yeah, he, he's like trying and he's saying, to like sound like all like smart. <laughs> he's just not whipping it. All right, here we go. Grab the wheel. We're going back on track, baby. <laughs> traveling back in time. So it's interesting the that the new Mulan. China. Wow. 
uh, is not using any songs. It's true. And I'm excited for it still. It doesn't look like it would be worse. No. But when you think about the other Mulan, you're like, hmm, it might be worse. But the trailers make me think it's not going to be worse. I don't think it'll be worse. I mm. think it'll be good, maybe better, but definitely different. It'll be worth the price of admission. Absolutely. Hopefully. Anyways, Mulan 2020 comes out on March 27th and is directed by Nikki Caro. Is it Caro or Caro? It's Caro. Nikki Caro, who has previously directed films such as Whale Rider, McFarland USA, and The Zookeeper's Wife. This film stars Liu Yifei, Donnie Yen, Jason Scott Lee, Zima, and Jet Li. Nice. So, you know the plot of the original Disney Mulan. Yeah, she's like, I have a pet dragon and I'm going to infiltrate the Chinese army so I can defeat the Huns. Mm-hmm. But the reason that she does that is because her dad is, like, the edict from the emperor says every family must contribute one son or one man to the army to help mm-hmm. fight off the invaders. And Mulan's dad's like, I have two daughters, I guess I gotta go. And he's like an old war hero, and he's like injured and hurt. You know? And so... The more I think about the plot of the first Mulan, I don't understand why he had that, like, decree that one man must join the army. Because at the end of the movie, he has no problems with the savior of China being a woman. He gives her a medal. Well, I think it's more of like a... It doesn't seem like in he's his a sexist as emperor. Guy. No, I don't think... But he's not necessarily like a progressive. Like, he's not gonna be like, I'm gonna say... Everybody can join, no matter who you are. He's just like, yeah, 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 men fight the army, whatever, like, everybody's had a man. But then when he sees what Mulan can do, and she does save China, rescues the emperor himself, he's like, oh my gosh, obviously, like, you're great. And I'm sure from then on, under his rule, women could join the Chinese army. Mm, we'd have to refer to the, the ancient history book. Well, we wouldn't Mulan, be able to, because apparently Mulan it's all a fucking two. myth. Mulan apparently, 2, Tyler. Apparently it doesn't even fucking matter because none of this happened. Mulan 2 says. is the history book. The straight-to-DVD film. Where it's all about... Did you know her husband dies in that movie? The general? Yeah, Shang. Shang dies? I think so. Don't talk to me right now. I can't <laughs> handle this. But I also, like, I haven't seen it in a while, so it might be a fake-out death. You know how, like, Loki dies sometimes, but he's yes. not really dead? But I don't know if it's, like, the no resurrections this time Loki death, or, like, the Thor 2 Loki death, where he's just Anthony Hopkins for a while. Wow. I, I wasn't prepared to carry this emotional burden for the rest of this episode. We're gonna have but to the see mo- But the plot out. of Mulan 2 is all about arranged weddings, so... It's a big step down. Okay, anyways, talking about the new Mulan. So same basic Mulan premise. 3! Emperor puts out an edict. Contribute one man. The dad's like, I'm gonna have to fight. I, have, I love my daughters, but I gotta, I gotta go. I don't have any other men in my family. And Mulan sneaks out in the middle of the night, taking her father's sword and says, I will join because I must defend my family. And her honor. That's a big theme in Mulan. And honor is a big Bringing theme. Bringing honor to her family. Because she wants to bring honor. She wants to be like a successful warrior. But it's also like not necessarily considered honorable to like lie about yourself to mm. get into the army. Okay, so we all know about Mulan. We're just talking about... It's just These are the same things that are happening. But what's, what's different? different? No Mushu. Eddie Murphy's out. Fuck Mushu. Wow, that's well, a strong stance. I like stance. him in the animated movie, but it's it doesn't need to be in the remake. I'm kind of happy. Who's going to make Mulan Will Smith Genie didn't really did end up being better than I anticipated Will Smith Genie was him good. to be. But, but was Will Smith Pigeon? I, I would I don't be know, worried I about. I would be worried about live action Mushu. I don't know if I could handle that. Would it still be Eddie Murphy? I think. They could have had it be. Like a James Earl Jones but maybe situation? He's, maybe he's like beyond that now. Like he's like, I just Because he's Dolomite. Dolomite? 
Which but maybe... didn't get like any Academy Award recognition. I didn't see it, did you? No. So I don't know if it was good or not. Maybe it didn't deserve it. Well, he, it seems like he's trying to be like a, like a prestigious actor now. But then he went on SNL and did Gumby again. That's true, but that's like, you know, for the nostalgia. Maybe he would do it for the nostalgia. Exactly. What we're saying is... Who would do it if, if there was if a mission was... that wasn't Eddie Murphy? Is it... Okay, this like is... Eric an, Andre or This is an shit. interesting... Eric Andre would be good. This is an interesting idea because they're going with like a like mainly Asian Chinese cast here. Yeah, so maybe... But can I still cast a black man as Mushu? <laughs> maybe... Or do I have to go with an Asian comedian? Just say that you are trying to keep like the same tone as the animated. Okay, movie. so I can cast a black man as yeah. Um, then it's it's Will Smith again. <laughs> no. He goes, uh, yeah, it's rewind time. Gross. <laughs> anyway, Mushu's out because they thought Will Smith is our guy, but they're like, that's gross, right? Right. Anyways, what else is out? A couple other differences. So, is the cricket well, the- still there? I don't think the cricket... Well, I bet there will be a cricket, but it's not going to, like, have a face or anything. It's okay. just kind of, like, be there. I've seen her horse in the posters, in the trailer, yes. so the horse is still there. The horse is still there. The but love Shang interest, is different. Is Shang he alive? Is, not Shang. is he dead, like, in Mulan Shang, 2? The character of Shang is divided up to Donnie Yen's character, who's, like, the commander of her group of the army. What are, what are they called? Like, a... Uh, the battalion? Battalion or some shit? I don't know. Sure, battalion works. It feels like a very convoluted name. What? <laughs> That's the word, <laughs> I don't know. It seems like there should be a more simple name for that. I think it's called a battalion. Her friends. <laughs> Commander of Mulan and Wait, friends. Are her friends in it? Dottie, uh, the big fat guy and the short guy? So. Because then there's like another soldier that's like fighting alongside her that might be more of a love interest and is like getting the other half of, Sh- of Shang's character. But... So it's like split. But the movie trailers don't make me think that they're, this is like a romance movie at all. I don't think so, but I think there will be that plot line. And I think what they're trying to do, which is kind of smart, is to like kind of avoid the weird uh, power dynamic with having Mulan and like her commanding officer have like a romantic relationship. Mm. I think that Donnie Yen's character won't be the romantic interest if there is one to kind of allow that to be more of like a mentor, like professional relationship. And if there is a mentor, uh, romantic relationship, it'll be more like horizontal, like with a peer. Okay, okay. So they're trying to avoid. Or it'll be like they're friends in, you know, because they think they're both dudes. I get it, I get it. And, or he thinks she's a dude. And then, like, maybe then it's like, oh my gosh, like, that, like, he feels betrayed because he finds out or something. Well, that happens in the original movie, too. I know. But then he falls in love. Maybe it'll happen. Maybe. What else is different, Tyler? Maybe he falls in love with. Guy Mulan, and then she reveals that she's a woman, and he's like, "Sorry, I'm gay." Sorry, Disney's not gonna do that. No, there's no. Especially way. in a film that they're highly marketing towards a Chinese audience. <laughs> um, but also different. We got witches in this movie. Yeah, so Bori Khan is the villain. What was the name of the? Uh, you mean the new villain? The new villain is that Mulan. the witch or the no, Bori Khan's like the the head of the not Shan Yu, not Shen Yu. Yeah, with his. Like crooked little sword. He's kind of cool. I he like is kind of cool. I like the new. He has like a falcon. That's kind of cool. But the falcon's gone too. Disney but hates the, no, animal the witch turns into a falcon. So they're shifting that character a little bit, and it's really like this transforming witch wow. that can transfigure into a falcon, and then she fights as a witch as well, which is kind of cool. And she's got long, creepy. And witch I like hands. that there's like a female villain too, because I think that that like there's a couple of cool moments where like. Her and Mulan are kind of face to face in the trailer, mm. and I feel like that's going to be like an interesting dynamic because maybe it's like they'll never accept you on that side as a woman. Like maybe you can, you're accepted over on this side, or maybe it's more of like a 
look at me like I've like I've also struggled with what you're struggling with as like a female fighting for power or whatever. Interesting. I also like I could create a cool the idea of like witches that turn into birds and that are like the antagonist in like a movie that takes place in Asia. Mm-hmm. That's very specific niche because that also happens in Kubo and the Two Strings, okay. which is also a very good movie. Well, because the first, like, the animated Mulan, like, there's not really any other female characters once she, like, uh, leaves her home. grandma. Like, the grandmother and the mom, stuff like that, and then she leaves home, um, and it's like... The matchmaker. Uh, you know, um, like... They all dress up as women. So, I think it's kind of cool that there's going to be, like, a continued female presence other than Mulan throughout the film. That's true. Mushu was not a female presence. He's gotta no. go. The cricket might have been a girl. I don't know. I didn't see... Its name was Lucky. It's genitalia. Lucky is a very gender-neutral name. Yeah. But sometimes, like, usually I think, like, when people have dogs named Lucky, they're guy dogs. I feel like they could be girl dogs. They could be. But you She's be. so lucky. She's a star. That's what Brit- Britney Spears sang. Oh. Britney. Anyway, I'm really excited for Mulan. I think it looks good. I think it looks interesting. Something that, like, this movie is bringing to the table of the, the other live-action Disney movies is aren't, didn't, um, is it's something different. I'm intrigued at this because it looks like a new adaptation of this story and it looks like it's going to bring something new to the table and a reason for me to go to the theater instead of wait for like it to come out on Disney Plus to watch. There's a significant difference to the framework of the plot. It's, there's a significant shift in genre, less comedy uh, with Mushu being gone and definitely like you can see a heavy emphasis on the action sequences that are in the trailer. Mm-hmm. And... Without the mu- without the music also being in there, definitely more like plot and dialogue driven lends to that like more drama adventure type of uh, yes. genre. And it's a different rating, right? It's PG thirteen, oh, yeah. which is pretty significant. I think all the other live adaptations, live action adaptations, have or been PG, PG or so PG? maybe G, but no, I think PG mostly G now. Anymore. I think. Animated Mulan might have been G. Must have been PG, actually, because there's still some action and violence. I don't know, but it was the 90s, man. It could have still been G, I guess. But PG-13 rating for this is pretty significant, which means that they're going, like, pretty forward in. I think it'll be a light PG-13. Like, I don't think there's going to be any, like, decapitations or any shit like that. Who do you think's going to have the one F-bomb? Oh my god. Well, I would have had my bets on Mushu if he was in the fucking movie, but, I don't know, The Witch. Like she almost pins Mulan, and then she does something, like, tricky to get out of the situation, and, like, escapes, and then she goes, fuck, and then, but, like, it does, like, a <laughs> smash cut, like, right at the end of the words, just, like, fuck, and then, like, cuts Oh, the like, how stuff. they do with Sam Jackson in the Marvel movies, where they don't let him say the F word, but he gets to start saying that. No, but it's more of it. Like, you get the still, like, cuss sound, but there's no, like, it cuts right at the end of that. Oh. Like, it's not full, and then it leaves. It's like, fuck. Okay. I think the one F-bomb goes to, um... The, the commanding officer when he finds Donnie out Yen. when he finds out that oh. Mulan is a woman, and he goes, "You've been a woman this whole time, no fucking way." <laughs> but yeah, I'm really excited for this film. Um, it's everything two... that The Lion King wasn't in a good way. Yes, there's two trailers for this movie. The first one that was, I think, the first one that was released, and the one that I saw first. Um, yes, that's out. Well, like, I, the other trailer might have technically been released first, but it's just well, like the one that I on saw On YouTube, first. they're called the official trailer and the final trailer. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. 
So the official trailer definitely capitalizes more on the nostalgia. It kind of says, like, you know Mulan. Like, we're going to show you, like, when she's got her face all painted up for, like... Oh, matchmaker The matchmaker. Um, we're going to have you, like, the, like dad drops the line of, like, you'll bring honor to us all. There's this amazing instrumental of... Reflection. Reflection that just soars at the end of the trailer, and it's beautiful. I almost cried just listen, just watching that trailer for that music. So it definitely kind of capitalizes on that, but definitely shows some of the key differences by, like, illustrating the action sequences and showing the witch and that character. Um, but it, it definitely is driven by the nostalgia from the old movie, but illustrates the differences for the new one. The other trailer, the final trailer looks as if the original Mulan was never made and this is just like a new movie that Disney's putting out so it's very plot driven like you don't really even see Mulan for the first portion of the trailer because there's like no reflection the emperor talking about the invaders and giving the edict blah 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 blah, and then it's like all just like beating drums and things like that more diegetic sound of like the army training and then you see the plot of like Mulan going and pretending to be a man and joining the army um and it's kind of interesting to like see that mm -hmm. dichotomy. And, and the first trailer I like a lot better because I love the original Mulan and I think it's cool to see the differences but also still feel like that emotional attachment to the original movie. But the, the other trailer doesn't necessarily look bad. It looks like it's still a cool movie. It just maybe doesn't feel like a Disney movie necessarily but it still feels like a cool movie that I would like to go see that's like, oh, that's kind of a cool like folktale that mm. is, a, mm. is fun to see like an adaptation of in like today's world of movies. Yeah. And one more thing that we didn't touch on yet is there's a quick scene in one of these trailers where the dad figures out that Mulan has run off and the mom's like, we have to get her. She'll be killed by the invading army. And he goes, but if I reveal the secret, then our soldiers will kill her. So it's like Mulan, like impressing upon the secret and like the necessity for the secret and how important that is and like upping the danger level for totally. her. Which I thought was cool, and it's not really something they do in the original animated film. Like, once she leaves, you don't care about her family anymore. Yeah, and I also think, like, it's also shifting. Like, in the original Mulan, like, she starts, she befriends those three guys in the army. Like, you kind of get the sense of, like, yes, like, there still is some fallout when she does reveal that she's been a woman the whole time or when they find out. But you kind of start to, like, warm up to the other people in the, in the battalion, I guess. And are like, oh, like, maybe if they knew, like, it wouldn't be so bad, blah, 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 blah. With this one being like a more like more rooted in like realism, I feel like it'll sustain that tension the whole time of like she's getting away with this, but like it's not gonna be good if they do find out because it's taking I think it'll strip away some of those like fun, like there's just like one big happy family and they all kinda have their quirks, like it's gonna be a lot more of a like high tent situation for her to keep the secret. Exactly. You know, speaking of things not going to be good if they find out and one big happy family. <laughs> A Quiet Place Part 2. Oh my gosh. It's not going to be good if those monsters find out that they're still out there. Because then they won't be one big happy family <laughs> anymore. <laughs> Our next film is A Quiet Place Part 2. It's released on March 20th. Directed and written by John Krasinski. Starring Emily Blunt, Cillian Murphy, Millicent Simmons, Noah Jupe, Jaman Honsu, and John Krasinski. The man himself. You're spoiling this movie for me right now, Tyler. He's in the second trailer. He is? Yeah. Wow. I don't... But is he just there in flashbacks? It's just We'll flashbacks. get into this all... It's just flashbacks. Okay, okay, okay. So, I was worried. Spoiler alert. We don't really do spoilers, but this is a sequel. John Krasinski in the original Quiet Place movie does die. He sacrifices his life to save his children from the monsters. And I cried. I definitely cried. Oh my god. They, they give me the waterfall scene and then they go to that? Why? 
Anyway, then he screams. He's like, Rah! so John Krasinski is now in A Quiet Place Part Two, but only through flashbacks, and it doesn't look like they're going to be spending a lot of time in this sort of like pre, um, or like place in the time of like when the attacks are initially taking place from these monsters. But it does look like that's like an important element to the storyline. So I think we'll see some of him, but not like a lot of him. It definitely looks like Emily Blunt. Um, and their kids is are the driving forces mm-hmm. for this film. So this movie seems to pick off right where the last one left off. The quick recap of a Quiet Place One. Full spoiler. Sorry, we got to do it. We're talking about this movie. Um, there are these monsters that are attracted to sound. Um, one of the kids is deaf. They find out if they like tune to a right frequency, they can fuck with the monsters. And John Krasinski dies, and they have a baby, and it's tense. Okay, you're all caught up. Quiet Place Two. Emily Blunt and the kids are. Uh, looking for survivors. They're on the path, but to where? Because because they're looking for survivors. Because they find out at the end of the last one that there are other people. Yes, out they there. find out that there are other people, but that kind of at the end of the last one is they hold off and they kill a bunch of monsters in their basement with a shotgun, and with a noise shotgun. Yes, and like they use the the frequency of the radio to like hurt the monsters, and then Emily Blunt blasts them with the shotgun. But that's kind of the end. They're in their house still, and Emily Blunt. Cox, like, what is that called? Pumps the shotgun and, like, it's called a super it. yeah. badass shot, and then the movie cuts to black. They they did find out that there are other survivors, but they don't really know, like, I think it'll be interesting to see, like, where are they going? Like, what is their mm. objective? Are they just wandering around aimlessly? Do they have a specific destination? Maybe like, they have a radar? I think it'll be super interesting to, to find out, like, what is kind of their objective? Where, where are they initially heading to? Because mm-hmm. it seems kind of silly when they did just hold off monsters in their basement to just kind of, like, like you could just sit there and you know defend your home base like silly to go out and just wander around like they must have an objective or well, it a goal like to accomplish there's a line in the trailer that talks about them like wanting to save other people because maybe mm. they're the first like they think they're the first people that figured out how uh, to harm these the monsters That's so they're on their way and then they trigger a trap that creates a sound like a bunch of cans clinging mm-hmm. and then the monsters come in they have to run inside but then Cillian Murphy shows up and he's like which is kind of weird because like Yes, this is a trope in, like, other post-apocalyptic movies where it's, like, you know, there's other, like, bad groups of humans that, like, set traps and try to, like, entrap and put in danger other humans. But, but that wasn't saves them. That wasn't really a thing in the original Quiet Place. Well, like, they're the only people in the original Quiet Place. Exactly. Right? And when there were, like, there was that scene where, like, they used to be able to, like, see other, other people surviving around, like, mm-hmm. from that, you know, from the top of the silo. They could kind of see other people that were still alive. It was more of, like, a like a positive relationship with the outside world. So when you first kind of see this happen in this trailer, you're like, why would anybody try to like make all these monsters kill all these people? Like, yeah, you want as many people alive as possible. But then it's like weird because he also saves them. So it's like, it's his goal to kill them. He's not the one that set the trap. Maybe he's like around and he knows the traps are there and he's trying to, because he says them when Cillian Murphy's sitting with them, he goes like, I don't know why you came here. You don't know that there are people, like, the people that are still left aren't the ones worth being saved. So he's seen, like, there are bad, mm. still bad people here. Well, and, like, maybe he, he wants to hurt the other bad people, but he takes mercy on them because he knows that, like, they're not trying to hurt him. The way I interpret that line is that he's doing some self-reflecting and he thinks he's a bad person. Well, I think that could be it, too. Like, I think he has an anti- antagonistic relationship with other survivors, and but he, he recognizes that these are not that kind of people. Mm. Let's get into the Jimon Hansu. Demon, how do you say his name? Jimon Hansu. Jimon Hansu. It's not Digimon. Digimon. It's not. Um, let's get into the whole his aspect of this movie. Cause he doesn't really say anything. He's not in this trailer for long. 
And but he's standing with Cillian Murphy. Yes, and there's closing kids. Closing them. Closing is kids, it the like, same kids? I think it's the same kids into... But, like, like we are not sure it's the same kids, right? I'm pretty sure. Like, the way I interpreted that scene was that's also a flashback. Mm, and maybe. he and Cillian Murphy are lovers and those are their children. Mm. But then Cillian Murphy does something that makes him like become a bad guy and like somehow like abandons them and they die to the monsters maybe that's just one theory we also know from this trailer that we don't know like i referenced earlier we are going to be getting flashbacks from like day one of the attack the trailer starts it says day one it was like cloverfield it's an amazing shot of like this like this continuous shot of emily blood driving the car her kids are in the car well not all our kids they're like driving through the street and there's total chaos and stuff like this and then there's like buses coming towards them, and, and they have to drive in reverse. Has to reverse, and it feels like a universal screen ride. And there's like the monsters crawling out of the bus window. It's super, super good. And then it cuts to black, and you don't um, see what happens, but you know they survived because they had a whole other movie. Yeah, but then there's also a flashback sequence from I'm assuming the same time period of Cillian Murphy's character running through this like village or town or whatever, and like he's shouting, telling people to run, other people running around, the monsters are rampaging through, and it's like how crazy would that be when that first day happens, like. At this point, nobody knows that they're attracted to sound. Nobody knows what's going on. Where do they come from? How do so, I like, survive? Of course, everyone's making noise because they're screaming and terrified. And just imagining, like, what it would be like in that situation to have, like, everyone making sound. So the monsters basically have endless targets. Like, they know where everybody is. And to, like, just have to be, like, taking the chance to call out to somebody that you love to tell them, you know, get them to be safe or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. It, it's the whole premise of a quiet place was like very fear inducing to me, and this one I feel like is gonna be the same thing because it's just like so crazy to think about having to be silent um, in such a tense and high risk situation. The more we talk about this trailer, Tyler, the more I realize I don't know what this movie is gonna be at all. I don't know what's gonna oh, happen. Yeah. I don't know, like, is Cillian Murphy a bad guy or a good guy? Uh, like, does he take pity on them because they have a baby? Does he see them as a liability because of the baby? Are they going to find other people? Is he going to try to kill them? Did he create the monsters? Did the monsters create him? I, I can't remember if this was verified, but I feel oh, like I Twitter? remember something from John Krasinski that came out either, like, when the movie was released or shortly after that, like, he 100% confirmed that, like, the monsters were aliens of some kind of thing. Like, they came from another mm. world and, like, came to Earth. I don't remember if that was 100% confirmed, but I'm pretty sure I, I remember reading something about that. Well, it's not in the movie. But maybe we'll learn more about it. We might. In this one. I think we Just will, because if they're doing, like, like, a day one. I also really love the idea of doing, like, this juxtaposed, like, sequel follow-up to the first movie, and also prequel, like, let's Just show like you how Mama Mia, started. here we go again. Oh my gosh. Or The Godfather Part Cause 2. Because doing a prequel would kind of, like, there are really good prequels, but it might take away some of the, like tension because you know mm-hmm. who survives and what happens to like get to the first movie um so but a sequel also like a sequel prequel is is great but i you like, like best of like both saying worlds. you kind of like want some more of this context mm-hmm. because the first movie definitely very much gives you like a little bit of exposition and context but mostly relies on like just the story of this family at this point in time exactly so it's kind of nice to get both on both ends any other um expectations or thoughts on this trailer Ryan? i have no clue what this movie is gonna be but i'm excited for it i'm excited to see what happens to the baby in this movie because he has to live in a suit is it a boy baby or a girl baby i don't know if it had a boy or a girl it's a quiet baby it better be or it's gonna 
fucking die. <laughs> well, speaking of babies, let's Quiet move to babies? the first game. Ooh, we're gonna. This game is called the Big Baby Rank. The Big Baby Rank Off. Rank my baby. Oh no, no, I did the air horn. It, it's a. I stole your trope. It's okay. It's like um that toxoplasmosis thing. Once it gets in you, it's part of you. Oh my gosh, Ryan's a parasite. No, the air horn is. The way this game is going to be played, Ryan and I have each individually came up with a list of five movie babies. The babies we don't know from the movies. Each other's lists. I don't know who you put on your list. We're going to read our lists to each other, and then that person's going to have to hear those options and then formulate them into a ranked list of which one of those babies is the worst baby, which one's the best baby, and which ones are in between. Mm. All right. Sounds like a bunch of baby baloney. But let's do it. I'll go first. I will read my babies to Ryan. Ryan, read those babies. You can then present your ranked list. Of All right. You're ranking on the spot. Ooh, I feel the pressure. Your preference of this baby. There's no, like, contextualized. It's not like, which baby would you hang out with? Which baby is the cutest? It's just rank the babies. Just the best baby and the worst baby. There's True. no, like, clarifier. Okay. I don't even get to, like... Clarify in my opinion, or I just have to go number no, five. No, you can clarify. In okay, your okay. Like what you interpret it, but I'm saying on my end, I'm not giving you like okay. A there's specific, no it's criteria, just them. but I have my own. Yes, there's no maybe. Yeah. Okay, okay. Maybe, baby. The first baby is that kid from Ice Age. Oh, baby Ice Age boy. The second baby is Where's the boss baby. Boss baby. The third baby Alec is Bosley. baby Grinch. Ew. The fourth baby is Baby Simba from The Lion King. Aww. But it has to be the 2019 version of no! The Lion King. No! <laughs> Garbage! And the fifth baby is, of course, Carlos slash Tyler, the baby from The Hangover. Oh, I forgot about that baby. That's a good baby. Okay. Let me... I'm not ranking them yet. I just want to make sure I have them all memorized. Carlos, um, baby CGI Simba, gross Jim Carrey baby Grinch, boss baby, and, um... Who is the other one? The baby from Ice Age. Oh, Ice Age Baby. Where's the baby? There he is. <laughs> Ice Age is a good movie. People are recently it's hating on the, uh, the uh, baby from Ice Age, and I don't <laughs> fucking get it. Okay. Um, number one is... Wait, no, I have to start with five. Five. The worst the baby. The worst baby is Baby Simba. What? Complete trash i think baby simba is cute and you don't have to worry about him being like not expressive because he doesn't talk it's in the cgi version he's just adorable he's just an adorable little baby cgi line but he's a lie great baby simba represents everything that's wrong with hollywood but I, that's my criteria i guess the thing is i feel like he's like the least the least problematic of like the other animals in the movie because i don't feel like he mm -hmm. it, like he doesn't you don't like, the concerns that you apply to the other characters of that movie don't apply to him. Well, the baby... He's just adorable. He is, but he you look at it and you go, oh, that's a cute little baby. It's like a little baby lion. Like, I'm watching National Geographic. But then you know, you keep watching the movie and you realize it was all a lie. This is all done in computers. Ugh. I feel gross for loving that computer creation. <laughs> I loved the lie. Anyway, he's at the bottom. Next, Baby Grinch. 
this is the best version of the Grinch from that movie because that movie is Ryan bad. Ryan Jim Carrey's Grinch. Jim Carrey, and I love the it. Grinch movie from Jim correct. Carrey is bad, and that's all I'm gonna say about that. But Baby Grinch is the best part because he tries to shave and he can't, and it's like sad. Um, no, that's child that's, Grinch. Oh, that's Baby Grinch is the one that arrives in the little bass and that. I also like him. Because he hasn't been corrupted by this twisted world Ron Howard has made out of Dr. Seuss's fabulous creation. So he's number four. But he's also part of that movie. That's why he's that low. Next is the boss baby. This baby gets things done. That's why he's at number three. Cookies are for closers. And he is everything right with corporate America. <laughs> he's trying to stop... Well, this, this is a very positive review for slot number three. You must really like the top two babies. The other two babies are way better than Boss Baby. But Boss Baby's fun. I think the movie is, like, alright. It's kind of weird that it was nominated for Best Picture. Um, but I think it gets... Animated Picture. Yes, Animated Picture. <laughs> Not Best Picture, God. That's what it is in my mind. Best Animated Picture is just as good. Yeah, Ryan loves I love animation. animation. But not that crap that they pulled with The Lion King. Gross. Okay, Boss Baby, number three. Number two is um, Ice Age Baby. He's so cute, even though he's like early 2000s CGI, and he's the emotional heart of that film, and I don't know why he hasn't shown up in any future Ice Age movies. Number one is Baby Carlos from The Hangover. He's cute, and even though he has to share a lot of screen time with Zach Galifianakis, it doesn't ruin it for me. I also hate Zach Galifianakis for no good reason. So there's my rankings. Number one, Baby Carlos. Number two, Ice Age Baby. Number three, Boss Baby. Number four, Grinch Baby. Number five, Abomination Simba. Thank you for your rankings, Ryan. You're welcome, Tyler. It's time for you to rank. Here we go. Your first baby is Baby Herman from Who Framed Roger Rabbit, the one that smokes cigars. He's animated. You, you know the baby I'm talking about? I've never seen that movie, so Ooh, no. Okay, quickly Google Baby Herman, just okay. so you know what he looks like. He's like an adult man. Like, the premise of Baby Herman is he's an adult, but like he, he was drawn as a baby, right? So he never ages because he's a toon. Okay, I see him. Oh, and, okay, I know this character, yeah. Okay. Yes, he's a toon, so he doesn't age, but mentally he ages. So, but he's forced to keep playing these roles as a baby because that's who he is. So he's an old, grumpy actor who smokes cigars. Number two baby is Tommy Pickles from the Rugrats franchise. There's multiple Rugrats movies, so this baby counts. Um, he's the leader of the Rugrats. Number three is Baby Cusco from The Emperor's New Groove. Number four is Maggie Simpson from The Simpsons movie and various theatrical shorts. And number five is the boss baby. Okay, let me think about it. Baby Herman, hmm. Well, you don't know him. Animated baby, but I like the premise. It's kind of fun. It's like a weird Benjamin Button situation. Like, kind I'm of. I'm stuck in this little bitty body, but I gotta be a grown-ass man. I'm tired of it. Yeah, and he's still... I relate to that sometimes, but the other way around. Like, I'm, I keep growing up, but I'm still a child. Wow. I'm baby. <laughs> That's number six. Tommy Pickles is trash. What? Chucky is the heart and soul of that That's franchise. true, but he's the Tommy's main baby. Baby Cusco, I love him because it's all the cuteness and all the fun, but he's not corrupted by the weird knowledge of like his wealth and power yet. 
He kind of is, though, because, like, he cries, and then, like, all these pacifiers and bottles show up. Like, yeah, but that's just, like, the reality. It's not like, he doesn't, like, try and leverage it and, like, manipulate it to his advantage anymore. Mm. And he's certainly far more emotionally intelligent than adult Cusco, who's just like, look at my amazing water park. Cusco-topia? <laughs> that movie's good. The proletariat suffers under my iron fist. Suck it, Pacha. A person who grew up as a communist film. I'm just putting it out there. Anyways, Maggie Simpson. Um, she's fine. I prefer Lisa. But Lisa's not a baby, so she can't go on this list. I know. I'm just saying in general. Boss Baby. Have you seen Boss, Boss Baby? Baby? Yes, I've seen it, and it's fucking wild. It's amazing. <laughs> like, it's the weirdest shit ever, but it's I... It's so weird. Like, it's... It's definitely but, bold. And it's like, but it's it's like a, an interesting character to me. Yeah, right. I can't not Cookies be are for closers in the boss baby. Uh, okay, I think I'm ready to rank. All right, number five. Number five is Tommy Pickles. <laughs> wow, he has a screwdriver. Sometimes he's Indiana Jones. I love that baby. Number four. He can't walk straight. His feet are all. <laughs> Wait, why? Why is he number five? I don't know. I. I think the only thing I'm thinking of is I literally prefer every other baby in Rugrats than Tommy. Even Phil and Lil? Yes, Phil and Lil are hilarious. But what about separate? Does Tommy beat just Lil or just Phil? No. Really? What about Dill? Mm, maybe. Tommy beats Dill. I kind of like Dill but Dill's better. not on the list, so it's irrelevant. He's Tommy in that movie, Pickles though. is in fifth. Next up... Mm, baby Herman. Don't really know too much about you, but I, but I like your style, kid. Number three is Maggie Simpson. I I think she's fun, but like I wouldn't watch a whole theatrical short about her. Okay, let alone good. two. Go watch Onward and watch that short and tell okay, me we'll if it's not out. good. Number f- one. What is this? Am I going up or down? Number two up. is Maggie. Uh, no, is Baby Cusco. Cusco. And reluctantly and <laughs> curiously, somehow, the Boss Baby is my number one selection. I know, you are all on me for giving so much praise to Boss Baby. No, I, I, what I was what I was surprised about was like, it was a lot of praise, but it was still only your number three slot. That's because you I chose some good babies. And you chose a lot of terrible babies. Excuse me, my list is much better than your list. It doesn't include two abominations. <laughs> Two movie, two babies from movies I will no longer watch, unless it's playing at someone else's house, and I won't change it because I'm not rude. Wow. Yeah, The Grinch is a good movie. Yeah, The so, Grinch is a good movie. That's the 2019 or 2018 one. How the Grinch Stole Christmas. That's a good short. Well, thanks for playing baby rank off, Ryan. I'll rank off with any baby any day. Oh, that sounds questionable. Okay, <laughs> moving on to the next film on the list for today's episode, The Lovebirds. This film comes out on April 3rd and is directed by Michael Showalter, who's previously directed another Kumail Nanjiani classic, The Big Sick. Wow, it stars classic? It's only like three years it's old. It's great! It's a good movie. So I don't Kumail know if it Nanjiani, deserves Issa Rae, Anna Kass, and Paul yeah. Sparks. Who's he? He's the dude from House of Cards and The Greatest Showman. And in the trailer, he's the guy that drives the car and kills somebody. 
Oh, okay. Speaking of the guy that drives the car and kills somebody, that leads into the plot. What happens in the trailer? Issa Rae and Kumail Anjani are lovebirds. They're dating. I can't really tell. They're birds. How long they've been dating? At least a year. It seems like a significant relationship. I think maybe their whole point, like the beginning of the movie, is like one moment to find your relationship. I don't think this is like a first date story, like Queen and Slim. But I don't think it's like they've been together for years. I think. This is like, he's, like, they're about to get, like, he's gonna propose soon. But then this whole nonsense happens. Oh, he's, like, kind of getting serious. Like, uh, Kristoff in Frozen 2. Mm. He was gonna propose, but then all this bullshit happens. And he has to sing a power ballad with his reindeer. Okay, well, speaking of power ballads, I want to know what Love Is plays behind this trailer, and it's great. Side note. Anyways. So, they're on a date, and then they're, like, driving in the car, and they're, like, oh my gosh, telling each other how much they love each other. And then this guy is like coming through traffic, and this dude's running away on a, on a bike. And this other guy runs up to their car and is like, I'm a police officer. That man's a criminal. I'm commandeering your car. Like, get in the back seat. I don't know why they had to. Normally, I feel like when I've seen commandeered cars, they just like get out, and the cop takes their car. And then, like. Is that a thing that really happens in real life, or just. I don't in know. Movies? It happens in movies and TV shows, but. Like, if a is cop- it not weird that they get in the back seat? It, I feel like it's weird, even for like this okay, thing that maybe it's doesn't happen. weird. That he gets in the back seat, but it would also be weird if he left and she didn't. So it's it's no. Left. I would think they would both get out and just let the cop take the car. Okay, but maybe he wants to. Well, this gets into the plot of the trailer, but maybe we're not trying to save spoilers for the plot maybe of a trailer. Maybe he wants to like get make them be complicit in it, so he tells them to get stay in the car, so that he can abandon them at the scene of the crime. Because what he does, listeners, is drives a car and runs over the dude on the bike. And then continuously backs up and runs over, back, forward, back, forward, runs over this guy a ton and kills him. And then he flees and leaves Issa Rae and Kumail Johnny at the scene of the crime. With and two hipsters coming call up. it in and they report it and then they're like, okay, this is too weird, we're gonna go by. And they like run away. And then now they're in this life of crime. The police are after them because they've been reported by these two hipster And because they like fled weird, the scene of the crime. They're like weird boomer... Like illustrations of, of millennials, but it's like still kind of funny. I don't know. It's whatever. We'll see how it plays in the movie. I'm not a biggest fan of this character. It's like a it's like weird humor, but it, it could be. It funny. might work. The jury's still out. If it's like self referential of like millennial humor, then I would get it. But if it's like this weird like haha look, she's like she's got like obsessed a, with her phone. A weird hat. It's kind of stupid. She loves avocado toast. Yeah. And. The guy's probably ordering something on Etsy. Anyways, we'll see how it plays out. Boomers don't know what Etsy is, do they? Uh, maybe. They like Pinterest. They do? The boomers have taken over Pinterest. I was never on Pinterest, so they can have it. <laughs> um. Anyway, so now they're caught in this life of crime because they're sitting in a diner and they're like, we could just go to the police. And they're like, well, then they're just going to ask us why we fled from the scene of the crime. And Issa Rae says, this is me covering my body cam so I can beat your ass, which is a great line. But and then so like, all this okay. crazy things happens. Hijinks ensue. They get involved in some weird, like undercover, like yeah. ground. They say, "Okay, all we operation. have to do is we have to solve the crime and go to the police with who actually is responsible for this." Mm-hmm. But that leads to some wild shit. Apparently, wild from, shenanigans. Like, breaking into a college dorm to like some weird eyes wide shot party to, to like some country camp. barn. Like, how do those three things tie into each other? Find I, out in Lovebirds coming out April third. <laughs> Surprise. Our entire podcast is just, like, another format of trailer that the studios have, like, 
Well, you didn't know, Tyler? Prepared. This episode is sponsored by Paramount Pictures. The love Michael Showalter paid us to do this. It's true. I have I'm not going to give away spoilers for the end of this episode, but he might have paid us to also give him the episode award. He might have. But um, I can't be bought. I tore up the check. You say that for now. By big studios. <laughs> I'm not compromising my journalistic integrity. <laughs> Anyways, I think it's great. Um, I love a lot of the comedy in the trailer. I think Kamil and John and Isoray have great kind of like banter back and forth. Um, and I'm excited to see this because it's also like very interesting to watch this trailer and be like, what did they get themselves into? <laughs> exactly. Um, Tyler, we do this a lot when we talk about comedy trailers, but I really want to know what your favorite joke from this trailer was. Well, I didn't know that this was in the trailer because it's only on like the YouTube version and not in the one that plays in theaters. But I really like when they're sitting in a in this, the like, weird it's like this weird big amphitheater like, theater. Everybody's sitting, masks. everyone's mask, and there's this weird performance happening. But then they like interrupt the performance, and they're like, "There are imposters in our midst. Everybody unmask yourselves." And then it's like revealed that like. Only Kumail and Issa unmask themselves, and that's like they fuck themselves over. But the funny joke is that, like, when the guy interrupts and says there are imposters in our midst, Kumail and Johnny just kind of like under his breath goes, like, Oh no, imposters, that sucks. <laughs> that's a good mean, joke. His delivery is like just so good. Like, I love mm-hmm. the kind of like, I think he can do like physical comedy and kind of like bigger stuff well. Like, it's funny when he gets kicked by the horse or whatever. That but like, his kind of like understated, like, awkward humor is like my favorite. Yes. What about you? Um, my favorite joke in this trailer is when they break into the college dorm and they, like, this guy shows up, like, it's his dorm and he's like, who are you? And then Kamel's like, hey bud, it's been a long time. <laughs> it's been a minute. And he's just, like, trying to convince him that, like, they know each other and he's like, what? But then they, like, push him into the beanbag and they call him a beanbag bitch. Ballless beanbag bitch. And Kumail goes, you, you think about, about your grandma in that beanbag? And he just goes... What? And the part where he just goes, what, is what gets me every time. Like, the idea is that, like, Issa Rae is doing really well at intimidating this guy, and then Kumail just interrupts with, like, the most weird, <laughs> awkward shit to say. The fucking grandma. <laughs> um, but yeah, this movie looks really funny, I'm, I'm excited to see it, for sure. It definitely always gets at least two people laughing when I see it. It's a pretty funny trailer. Like, sometimes comedy trailers, like, they don't really mm-hmm. do a good job of, like... And it's a high-energy trailer. well. But this one does, because it cuts back and forth between, like, this very, like, fun comedy, and also this weird, like, they blow up a boat? Like, this, these, like, weird sequences. It's true. To show how, like, crazy their night devolves into. It kind of reminds me of, like, the comedy Game Night. Oh, I like that movie. Date Night, or, like, any of the... Any those are not movies? In a, those are not in a series, by the way. It's, it's not, like, epic totally movie and disaster they're movie. they're both named something night. But, like, it's kind of about, like, the you know, dark ordinary, night? ordinary people get caught up in, like, really elaborate and extravagant and life-threatening situations, and they're like, what the fuck is going on? Exactly. I'm into it. I really like those other movies you mentioned. I well, never saw Date Night, I don't think, but I saw Game Night, and Game Night was, like, maybe my favorite comedy in a long time that I saw on TV. Game Night really is good. better than Date Night, so... Date Night's Tina Fey and Steve Carell, right? Yes. And that's one where they, like, take the reservation... And then, that's not theirs. But, but then, then they, they turn out they're that, spies. Like, the people they took the reservation for yeah. were spies or criminals or something. I don't know. It's been a while since I've seen yeah. that. Um, yeah. Next trailer. Anything else about the love? No, nope, New Mutants time, All baby. Right. The New Mutants comes out on April 3rd, finally. 
Uh, it's directed by Josh Boone, the dude who did The Fault in Our Stars. That's weird. It stars Mossy Williams, or is it Macy Williams? I, I say Macy, but you've consistently said Mossy the entire time you've talked about it. I've never corrected you, because I don't know if it's right. I just say it differently. Her name is M. Williams, and Anya Taylor-Joy, and Charlie Heaton, and Blue Hunt, and Henry Zaga. Nice. This movie is the last uh, Fox-produced X-Men film. We thought it was going to be Dark Phoenix, one of the first films we preview-reviewed. But no, this it movie... It was our very first episode, Ryan. Oh, wow. It's a full circle because I... Is this our I'm last episode? I'm telling you this is the last episode of Preview Review we'll ever record. Well, I'm finding a new co-host starting next week. Just kidding. We oh. don't know when to stop. Well, we only stop when we stop getting fan art. We've gotten so much <laughs> fan art, right, guys? I mean, there's this painting on the floor over here. That's from a thrift store. There's an album That's with our faces on it not an album but okay there's this um silhouette portrait of us on your wall that's not you and me but okay my hair's pretty long now it could be me and i think that's definitely you it'd be weird if it wasn't you it is me well you said it's not you and me but i don't think it really looks like me it's okay it doesn't really look like you it looks like generic male but veronica looks really good that's me no it's not Mm. Agree to disagree. Anyway, this could be you and me. I have a calendar of like these weird like. That's from February. You haven't changed your calendar yet. Illustration on this one. It's like weird child illustrations, but they're kind of dark. This one says, "You're my crush," and it's a little girl driving a steamroller about to run over a little boy waving to her with hearts in between them. It's great. Now I have to find out what March is. I'll be right back, viewers. No, I'll show you at the end. Come back here and finish recording. Sorry, I'm looking at March. Hey, that one's pretty funny. I like this one better. That could be us. Okay. It's a boy... Wait, you tell him I'm far away. It's a boy shooting arrows, like, archery at a target, but also on the target is another boy that's, like, strung up. But the the boy shooting arrows is blindfolded and the arrows are flaming. That's great. That's us. That's the fan art that okay, they Okay, what is, what is the metaphor here? I'm the one shooting the arrows. What? The blindness... I thought I was the, the one shooting Okay, arrows. you're the one shooting the arrows. The blindfold is... Your ignorance. And the... The, the, wor- the arrows ignorance? are the words that you use that hurt me, but you don't know that they hurt me. Wow. And why are you tied up? Because I'm... I'm bound to our friendship. Kinky. Okay, um, <laughs> The New Mutants is this movie that kind of feels like One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. It's got all these kids in it that are like discovering their mutant powers, but it's kind of a scary thing. You know, kids discover their mutant powers like One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Well, they all get thrown into like this mental asylum. It's a mental it like. asylum like group therapy movie, but it's also a superhero horror movie. And if that doesn't intrigue you right away, then I don't think you need to like even... You can like skip past this part and get to the part where we like do other fun things after this but we're going to talk about new mutants for a little bit right now okay okay um something really cool about this movie is that it has a killer cast um these like young actors coming literally up. they're all convicted murderers yeah well john wayne jay-z charlie charlie uh was <laughs> like a, co- a cocaine addict a co- right cocaine addicts sometimes kill people maybe he has who knows but yeah, Massey Williams, now that you got me saying it, Macy Williams. Well, we don't know. And Charlie Heaton are all really great young actors. Um, and 
Like, Ma- Missy had been in Game of Thrones Marcy? for a while, but Anya hadn't done Split yet. She had only done The Witch, and she's great in almost everything I've seen her in. Charlie Heaton had only done, like, maybe the first season of Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. The reason Tyler's talking about, like, them in the past like this is because this movie has been slated to come out for over a year. It was filmed so long ago, and so much has happened since then, and they keep pushing it back, pushing it back. Maybe they'll push it back again because of coronavirus, because they've already done that to a few movies James this year. Bond's out of here. But hopefully it'll come out on April 3rd, finally. <laughs> I don't know. If not, this is a very interesting piece of film history, and we will be preserved in the archives. And it'll be the episode I got up and walked away to look at a calendar. <laughs> Anyway, this movie looks cool. I like the tone they're going for with, like, turning, like, something new you haven't seen, where it's, like, a superhero horror film. Where, like, yeah, yeah, it would be kind of freaky if, like, one day you just started, like, having weird mutant abilities. And, yeah, like, I would definitely, like, get myself, like, looked at by a therapist, at Mm -hmm. least. But it looks like the therapist, like, the hospital or whatever is not what it seems to be. And it's really Mm -hmm. about the mutants coming together and learning more about themselves, but then, like, having to fight against this, like, weird, like, institution that is maybe, like, manipulating them or mm-hmm. tricking them in some way. Yeah. But I don't really know what that is. And that's it's why... something I... about them living their worst fears, but mm-hmm. I, I don't really get it from the trailer. But... That's why I get the spy from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, because the nurse in that movie and book is the villain of that, and, like, the institution and the asylum. Um, and it seems like these kids are trying to break out of that. Maybe the nurse in this movie is, like injecting them with fear toxins or something. I don't know. It's happened in superhero movies before. Fear toxins are a thing that happen in comic books, you know? Yeah. Um, it happened in one of Christopher Nolan Batman movies, and if it happened in that, that means it's, like, closest superhero movie to realism. So, maybe yeah. fear toxins are out there. Maybe. If you're a person who gets it's paranoid like, it's easily, the, it's the watch out. the cats, but they just, like, Toxoplasmosis. The fear... The fear of fear talks cats. Meow. <laughs> anyway, um, I think this movie looks good. I'm really intrigued because it's like had such a long time coming out. Like the trouble production history is like first it was gonna come out, but then Fox wanted to move it to put another X Men movie there, and then they pushed that X Men movie back so they could put Deadpool there, which is another X Men movie, and then they got bought by Fox or by Disney, and Disney messed up with their schedule because they didn't want to like fight their own movies so april 3rd the last 20th century well it's not even gonna be a fox movie anymore because they dropped the fox from the 20th century fox logo the first 20th century and probably the last 20th century x-men movie yeah for sure i think it's so interesting um i really like the trailer i don't know how i feel about the movie overall because like i don't really get what it's going for but i love the tone of the trailer and I think this is a really cool way, like, this weird genre bend is a cool way because, like, the X-Men universe and comic books in general are so expansive that, like, the fact that, and I love all the Marvel movies, but they do kind of all fit, like, a very similar, like, framework. Mm-hmm. This is a really cool way to expand on that and say, like, there are so many different ways that we could, like, because there are horror comic books and there's different mm-hmm. ways that, like, these stories are told through this medium. And I think this is a cool way to, like, take these characters and present them on screen in a different way that, like, still works for them. I feel like with Deadpool, you know, you can obviously do an X-Men comedy movie. There's still action, there's still superhero elements, but it's, like, primarily driven by the comedy. I think this will be a cool way to also do that with, like, the horror mm-hmm. thriller side of things as well. Mm-hmm. And it still feels like a comic book movie because they have to fight some giant monster at the end of this trailer. But I think 
that's still okay because it's a fusion of these two genres. It's not straight horror and it's not straight action. Yeah. It's a little bit of both and it's going for this like happy medium where it's not super scary but it's also not super like gory or anything like that. No, it's a PG-13 horror movie for sure. And, and like, I'm okay with it. Yeah, no, it's going to be it's going to be like a cool tone, I think. Mm-hmm. Um you know, the whole production schedule like fiasco like typically makes me nervous about a movie, but it seems like I didn't know all this information that Ryan just gave to us, so even I'm learning from our podcast. Wow. Um, the more you but know. But it seems like it's more rooted in, like, the studios making these decisions for, like, financial reasons, like, about competing films and stuff, and, mm-hmm. like, these weird, like, acquisitions, than it is about, like, their concerns with, like, the movie. Although I think there were some, like, production delays or, like, reshoots or something. Well, I don't really that's know. interesting, because they said, like, there was a news thing that went out, like, when Fox still owned it, that they said they're, like, not putting the movie out and they're going to do reshoots. But then... Um, there was an interview with Mossy Williams, and she's like, yeah, we didn't do any fucking reshoots. Mm, maybe it's, like, more, like, other stuff, like, an end credit scene or something like that. Because I did see the thing about, like, they swapped out the end credit scene. Maybe. Um, but the thing that I was worried about when they said the reshoots were happening was that the tone of the movie was going to shift. No. And but it doesn't look like, it doesn't that's, look like that's happened it's at steam, all. It seems like it's very still true to, like... What Josh Boone's original idea original for this vision was. And, like... It's still being promoted in the same way as like the original trailer was. Mm-hmm. Um, that which came is, out over a the year. The tone ago. of the trailer is really cool too. It has this cool dark like pink pink green like, mix behind it, which like is really cool. It's another brick in the wall. Part we two. don't need no education. Like it, it fits the vibe very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Tyler, New Mutants is an X Men property. Yes. Did you know that there are like a lot of X Men characters? Oh yeah, there's so much. The X in X-Men stands for extra. Exillion. There's a exillion amount of characters. And they all have a bunch of powers that are kind of weird. They all have special abilities. And their names always tie into their powers. Not always, well, but you think like they, they should. Anyway, what I'm trying to get at is I was trying to make a smooth segue into our next game. And it worked perfectly. <laughs> um, this game, Tyler, is where I've compiled six different X-Men characters. I will tell you their abilities... And then two names. You'll have a 50-50 chance. One of them is their real name. The, another one is not their real name. Mm, okay. So I'll tell you the powers. Then I'll tell you the two options. And you'll tell me which one you believe is the right option. Okay. There are six mutants on this list. So six chances for you to act like a fool and get them all wrong. All our listeners out there are X-Men super fans. And they're going to get them all right. They're going to come at you with pitchforks in their fan art. If you get all these wrong, Tyler. Well, you've done a perfect job explaining and it makes perfect sense. Okay, let's just jump right in then. Our first mutant has super senses. And what that means is they have super strength, super speed, super stamina, super durability. And they also are an expert of hand-to-hand combat. Is this mutant... Oh, I should also mention um, they are Native American. And that ties into these names. Um... Is this mutant called Thunderbird or Black Sun? Hmm. Thunderbird, like, the powers seem more animalistic to me, so I'm leaning towards that. Black Sun could have to do with, like, the sun is, like, a revered symbol of power, but I would think that that would have, that would adjust the, the powers to be more about, like, heat or light or something. I'm going Thunderbird. Tyler, you're correct. Yay! One of our listeners just put down a pitchfork. Thank God. Our second mutant is an athlete. 
She's a singer. <laughs> She's an actress. When you look it up on Wikipedia under abilities, it lists all their abilities, not just their mutant powers. I found out. An athlete, a singer, an actress, a dancer, a rollerblader, and... Is there anybody in the real world that does all these things? Athlete, actress, singer, dancer, and a rollerblader? Who is this mystery woman? Who could be even cast to play such a dynamic role? It's true. No one has this range. Maybe Meryl Streep. Well, Tyler, she also has the ability to convert sound into light beams. Meryl Streep definitely can't do that. Is this character Lightmaster or Dazzler? Uh, Dazzler is so good, but I feel like that's the one you made up. I'm going Lightmaster. No, they called her Dazzler. Dazzler's good? Okay. Yes. I was like, that was a really good one, but I, I had faith that you would make up like a good name like that. Thank you. But no, the comic creator did, did that all on their name. own. Sorry, that the listener just picked up their pitchfork again. <laughs> We're at a zero-sum game. But I was giving credit to the name of Dazzler. It wasn't like a knock But on you were Dazzler. giving credit to me. And now they have a pitchfork like, for me, too. <laughs> oh, no. All right, our third mutant is an expert in hand-to-hand combat, a wonderful tracker. Uh, he can... Th- it's a she, I think. Uh, very good at throwing weapons. Uh, she can control her bone growth. She has a healing Wait, so factor. So she can get like, really tall or really short. Like I don't know what like, controlled bone growth means. Or is it like over time can like heal their own fractures and stuff? Well, they also have the healing factor and super senses like Thunderbird did. But I think it means more like they can just like have extra things grow out of them that are bones, like spiky bones. Weird. Like on the outside of them. Okay, is this character called Krakoa or Marrow? Marrow's really good. What was the first one? Krakoa. Like K-R-A-K-O-A? Exactly. Krakatoa. Like, you know, cracking your knuckles. And then, like, sometimes you crack your knuckles and you go, oh. I'm going uh, Krakoa. Sorry, it was Marrow. Oh, fuck. They're both really good. <laughs> Alright. Your fourth mutant has the ability to jumpstart mutant powers. I think that means, like, bring forth dormant mutant abilities in other people. Okay. And they have super mental processing, and they're a telepath. Is this character called Sage or Nimrod? Oh god, I hope Sage. Is that your final answer? Yeah. It's Sage. Okay, good. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, your fifth mutant has super speed, flight, and light manipulation. I don't know what that means. Maybe they can just make it dark sometimes? Um, is this mutant called... Alpha Flight or North Star? Alpha Flight sounds weird. I'm going North Star. You're right. It's North Star. Alright. And your sixth and final mutant. She's a telepath, a weapons expert, a medic, a marksman, and a business specialist. (laughs) Is this Karma or Beyonder? Is that just Beyond with an E-R? Exactly. Mm, I'm going Karma. You're right. You didn't yeah. fall for the thing like you did with Krakoa. <laughs> <laughs> well, Krakoa's a good one. What? You can go beyond her. <laughs> I don't know. Well, congratulations, Tyler. Only half our audience six. hates me now. Thanks for playing. That was a fun game. It was weird it. learning about mutants that I'd never heard I of. I really liked hearing all the decoy ones that you came up with. I love your creative writing skills. Well, actually, those were just other things, like other words I found on the Wikipedia page that, for that character. It was great selection. Thank you, thank you. I'm not as creative as many of you think, so if you're drawing fan art, don't draw a creative guy. <laughs> Only a somewhat creative guy. Not a super creative well, guy. Well, we created this podcast, and that's what matters. Yeah, but I only created half this podcast. 
That's true. I created the eviewer. You created the puh and the you at the, the front and beginning. And I created the middle. Like, you got okay, the pre. We could have just done preview and review. No, nope, it's too pre- obvious. <laughs> Weird. Maybe I'm pre and re and you're view and you. <laughs> oh. You view, view, and I'm pre re. Pre re? Hey, pre re. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, speaking of this podcast, it's time for this episode to come to an end. Hopefully, we have to it's not our last episode. Our, it's not our last episode. I don't know why I said that. Thank God. <laughs> this is my only source of income. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Not really. If it was, I'd be very poor. <laughs> <laughs> Let's finish off the way we finish off every episode, Ryan. Bye! Wait, see you next week! No, not like the whole ending process. Not oh. just go to buy. We have to answer, Ryan. I get attacked by the Invisible Man again? No, that was a one-off. Which trailer that we talked about today was your favorite, and which movie that we talked about today are you most excited to see? Oh. Well, my favorite trailer was the trailer for Mulan. I think it gets me excited. Which one? The official trailer or the final trailer? We don't separate you. No (laughs) discrimination. You get both. Tell me. Okay, but um, it shows me that it's doing something new, something I'm excited for, something I've been asking Disney live-action remakes to do, like step out and branch out and go on their own. But the movie I'm most excited for is The New Mutants, solely because it's been such a long production history, and I've been following it for so long that I want to know what this movie actually is. What about you, Tyler? Nice. I think the trailer that I liked the most was A Quiet Place Part 2. Nice. Um, I really loved that first movie, and it was great to see um, Emily Blunt and her kids back on the big screen again. Mm-hmm. That opening sequence alone is just amazing. Um, I'm, I really, really enjoyed that. And I think for that reason, it's also the movie I'm most excited to see. I'm throwing both my votes behind wow. John Krasinski on this. John, I really, really like The Office. What about Jack Ryan? I don't watch that show. That's all he cares about now. The Office is over. No, The Office is He's not even on The Office Ladies podcast. Survives. Well, he might be. We'll see. They got Greg Daniels. That's like the biggest name they got. He's not a lady, creator. though. Wait, we can't plug other podcasts? What are we doing? Listen to Preview Review. We can plug Office Ladies. It's worth it. It's, it's not. They make money from other sources of income. They make so much fucking money. Their ad breaks are like three or four minutes long. It's fucking insane. You hear our ad you breaks? Know getting... It's a joke about how we got There's sponsored no by Paramount. Ad we didn't get sponsored by Paramount. <laughs> it's fucking insane. Jenna Fisher, Angela Kinsey. If you Sponsor want us, team god up. damn. Yeah, we'll talk about Office Ladies. Every, I'll, I'll, re, I'll recap, or we'll preview, review even your episodes of your podcast on our podcast if you'll give us, what, ten bucks? Each. Okay. I'm getting greedy. <laughs> anyway. Um, anyway, if you want to support this podcast... Wait, John Krasinski, you won, because oh, you Krasinski supported won. both of your... Yes, I, I, devoted, I didn't vote for you at all, but Tyler was a super delegate and got you in. Yes. There we go. But anyway, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. You can support this podcast by following us on social media and rating, reviewing us, subscribing to us, share it with your friends. Uh, We'd love to expand our podcast. Mm -hmm. Love to get that viewer count up, maybe get some fan art one day, who knows. If you really want to support us, and you know us in real life, come up and say, good job, I love what you're doing. Yeah, it means a lot. It's like the heartfelt support. Thank you for your support. I love you all. Thank you and good night. (laughs) Goodbye. I already said goodnight. Bye.